0: Like hey beer. everyone! If you like the Roast West it Coast Coffee Podcast, you might also appreciate the I Like Beer the Podcast. Listening to these guys is like being a fly on the wall of the pub with a few of your favorite mates having a pint. These professional beer appreciators have plenty of stories to share on everything from the mating habits of penguins to their behind-the-scenes brewery experiences. Check out the I Like Beer the Podcast wherever you are listening to this show about coffee, or head to iLikeBeerThePodcast.com. Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to season four, episode 13 of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast. I'm Ryan Wolt, and on every other episode of this show, we try to get a little bit coffee smarter with a coffee expert. One of our resident experts is Siri Simran Khalsa, the executive director of coffee at Lofty Coffee Company. Today, she and I talk about milk and latte art. Latte art in particular is hard to teach or even explain in an audio-only podcast but Siri takes on the challenge with a plum. I'm going to share some good training videos on RoastWestCoast.com, so when you're done listening to the podcast, head there to get some bonus visuals. As you're listening today, keep in mind all the complex variables that have to come together to perfectly steam and texture milk in order to make a really, really good coffee drink. Variables for steaming include the type of milk, the pitcher, rising temperature of the milk, and the placement and angle of the steam wand at or under the surface of the milk which is constantly changing as you go. Then for latte art, you need to consider the cup being poured into, the amount of fat in the milk, and the skill of the barista to control the speed and height of the pour. They're making constant micro-adjustments in three dimensions. It's enough to make my brain hurt, and also to make me really want a cappuccino. I'm going to walk down the street to Lofty Coffee to get one, and I hope you already have one, because it is time for us to get coffee smarter on the Roast West Coast Coffee podcast with Siri Simran Kulsa, the Executive Director of Coffee at Lofty Coffee Company. I, I'm actually like really surprised at how many people that reach out to the show or on social media to ask questions about steaming milk or espresso even at home. Because I feel like it wasn't that long ago that like the number of people making espresso or having espresso machines or making cappuccinos in the morning, like in their kitchen, it just didn't seem approachable to me, but it seems like that's happening more and more and more. That's where I was thinking about this question was somebody told me they were doing this at home and I was like looking at my little galley kitchen and thinking, where would I even put an espresso machine if I wanted to make a cappuccino in the morning? That said, we should get into the show. Siri, welcome back to Rose <laughs> West Coast. Uh, I think the worst part about this show is I always forget to introduce myself and people and, and tell them what they're listening to. Thank you for being back.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been a fun season. Lots of great questions.
0: Yeah, I love that um, with the the Coffee Smarter Experts we have, Like the styles of conversations are so different. You and I go back and forth a lot, and the conversations travel a little bit more, and Sorry, Chris, no offense to you, but when I ask you a question, you just talk for like 20 minutes, and it's amazing because then I just listen, and I love that. <laughs> but we definitely have a little bit of a different style. What I was just talking about off-air and now on-air is frothing milk and steaming milk and latte art, and people are doing this at home, I guess, are doing it at home. I'm not doing it at home, personally. I'm not quite there yet. I'm wondering how do you teach like a new barista kind of the beginning stages of milk? Like what are the, what are the stages they go through from like learning how to literally heat milk up and steam it to getting to a point where they kind of know what they're doing or I I don't even really know how to ask this question. So I'm kind of butchering it, but the question is milk.
1: (laughs) Milk question mark. (laughs) How do we (laughs) teach? Yes.
0: How do do we teach it? And um, if I were like a new barista at lofty coffee, what would I have to learn in order to make a really good cup of coffee that had steamed milk or a cappuccino or a, you know, a flat white or whatever it was?
1: Yeah. So I think it's funny. um, I love that you ask milk because I feel like some people they'll actually ask latte art. And I actually think the better question is milk because, uh, (laughs) because latte art is only going to be great if you steam your milk well. And really, that's what La Terre is. It's kind of this beautiful presentation of really well-extracted espresso and really well-steamed milk, and that when they come together, you have this beautiful picture on top. I could be going off myths of this, but to my baby barista experience is what I was told that was like, that is what, what La Terre came from, of like being able to show this like immaculately prepared and presented cup of coffee.
0: I'll add to that by saying it kind of shows that whoever prepared it was skilled in a certain way that they had experience.
1: Yeah. They were skilled, but also to me, it shows like finesse and care into the product that you're making. So yeah. Milk is the first question. Comes <laughs> yes. second. Um, yes. And so if you were being trained by me at Lofty of how to steam milk, The first thing actually would be learning how much milk goes into each beverage and we actually use scales to measure out our milk for every beverage we make. And a big part of this is to minimize our waste, especially now with inflation. And we did a interesting like little mathematical equation of if this much milk was wasted on every drink throughout the year, it equated to like thousands of dollars of milk literally being thrown down the drain. So I think that's like one thing that has nothing to do with milk or latte, but it's something to keep in mind is like, are you steaming the right amount of milk for the beverage you're making? And are you pouring half of it down the drain? So you're going to measure your milk and you also using the right pitcher size for the volume of milk. When we steam milk we're actually we're adding air to it which is going to add volume so you don't want to put too much milk in your pitcher to the point where as you steam it and aerate it it's going to increase in volume and then it's going to be pouring out the top so
0: and just to clarify the pitcher that you're talking about in my head I'm imagining kind of like a little silver stainless steel pitcher that people put up and do a steam on on an espresso machine but they're usually You know, a little bit bigger than a coffee, you know, a traditional coffee mug might be, but we're not talking about like a lemonade pitcher. It's like a small.
1: Yeah. Although you probably could, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, (laughs) uh, I'm sure any heat proof pitcher you could probably steam milk in. But yes, there's actually like many very beautifully, a lot of very thoughtful and advanced technology pitchers out there that are like designed to steam the most perfect milk. So yeah, let's get into milk. So actually where I always start is talking a little bit about milk science and what is happening in milk, because there's more than meets the eye, because what we're dealing with are fats and proteins. And there's a few things happening to both of those components in milk when we steam and having an understanding of what's going on is going to actually allow you to better understand how to steam your milk with milk fats, as we add heat to them, we're actually melting down those fats, which is really good. We want to do that. By melting those fats, we're actually bringing out more sweetness and essentially making like that sweet, sugary deliciousness that we love in steamed milk. <laughs> and what's tricky is that, and what actually creates that really lovely microfoam that we love in steamed milk is the proteins of the milk. And as those proteins get introduced to air and heat they start to break down but they're they're the proteins are what you'd call like hydrophobic so they're not fully going to dissolve into the milk the way fat does and so what it does is it creates this really nice grid-like microfoam structure but as I mentioned the fats of the milk they're going to start to melt down and in in some cases can break down that structure of milk or that structure of foam that we're creating by breaking down those proteins. So I got you? Are you with me? It's kind of a... Yeah. It's kind of no, a... No, I, I am,
0: but you can see my brain processing. Like uh, uh, I've said it a thousand times. I'm not a science person. So even though I've actually like done, I've steamed some milk and I have tried to make, you know, velvety grids of, of foam along the top. I still have to like think through each of the processes.
1: So here, I'll I'll rephrase it in a much simpler way. The proteins contribute to the structure of the foam that we're trying to create. And then the fat is what contributes to the sweetness and texture of steamed milk. But too little fat and too much fat can disrupt the structure of the foam that we're making. So... To go back to to milk, because we're just talking about fats and proteins, (laughs) let's say we're taking whole milk. I like to use that sort of as a baseline. It's definitely one of the easier milks to steam. And as we, let's say we have a full pitcher, we're going to put our steam wand into the pitcher. In podcast form, this is kind of funny, but the angle in which your steam wand is in your pitcher is really important there's a few things about your steam wand location. You don't want it to be too far down and you don't really ever want the steam wand to touch the bottom of the pitcher. Then what I like to train my baristas is to hold the steam wand just on the surface. And when you turn the steam wand on to have those holes on the steam wand, which allow the steam into the milk, um, just below the surface. As for the position on the surface of the milk, I always say stick the steam wand straight into the center, but then kick it off maybe half an inch to the side. So it's a little bit offset from the center, but it's also not touching the side of the pitcher. This is gonna be a really ideal angle to create that whirlpool that helps us create that really nice texture and foam. So where are we? We're at uh, steam wand positioning and so there's lots of things going on. So another thing is that milk fats, they're going to start to dissolve at around like 80 to 100 degrees. And so at that point is when you don't want to allow any more air into your milk, because that's when that was, those milk fats are going to start to disrupt that structure of foam. So in that first few seconds of steaming is when you're creating that really good foam And then once those milk fats start to dissolve, that's when you want to no longer allow any air into the milk. And you want to just get that steam going and heat the milk to the ideal temperature and get that whirlpool to get that really smooth microfoam.
0: So just so I'm following the timeline here, the first part of it, of the process of steaming the milk um, to create this uh, milk (laughs) <laughs> to create the steam milk, is you're using your steam wand. Uh, it's going into the top part of the milk, just off center. You're kind of creating that foam while the temperature is still relatively low. And then yeah. when that when that whole uh, pitcher kind of reaches a certain temperature point where you'd be damaging the fats or dissolving the fats, you're plunging the wand deeper or lifting the pitcher up so the wand plunges deeper. Yeah, and using the remainder of that time to start heating. Uh, heating the, the milk so it gets to a temperature that it can be combined with the coffee appropriately.
1: Absolutely. Wow, you said that beautifully. And I think something to say, I do find if you have that perfect angle and that perfect aeration, sometimes as you're aerating the milk, the milk will increase in volume to the perfect point that when you no longer want to allow air, the steam wand is actually already submerged. So you're like not having to like move your pitcher much. And that's like the sweetest, most ideal, perfect placement of your steam wand where you don't even have to move your pitcher. And as you've aerated it, once it gets to that that point, you've already aerated exactly enough and it's already increased. So that that wand is now submerged completely.
0: To touch on something you said earlier about uh, measuring out the appropriate amounts of milk, I would just say to clarify, like. The, one of the kind of the differences between cappuccino and a latte, and say another drink, is even if the base is the same espresso or the same amount—a single shot or a double shot—what changes what drink you're drinking in is essentially the amount of milk, and then the amount of milk versus the amount of foam.
1: Yes, correct. Absolutely. Yeah, just want to make
0: sure that's clear to anyone listening. This is why we're talking about steaming milk. So yeah. A cappuccino might have X amount of milk versus this much foam versus a latte, which is gonna be bigger and have more.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's actually some really great tools where you can have there there's these um thermometers that are you can clip onto the side of your pitcher so that you can see the temperature as you're steaming it. Um and that's super helpful because it's like once you see that milk get to around like sixty degrees, you know you're gonna need to start to plan to plunge that that wand a little bit more so that you're not allowing any more air and then I find you want to take your milk no more than like 160 degrees and even to, to me that's quite hot. but once you start passing that temperature, you start to really break down the milk and you're gonna lose the quality and texture. Also it just gets so hot and like to me that's when you start to lose some of the sweetness. Of the milk which is what we're trying to highlight so we kind of that's like the very basics of steaming but something to consider especially now that there's a lot more people drinking alternative milks and maybe you like breve, if you like that like really rich coffee or you like non-fat milk i had mentioned earlier like that fat content is going to really depend or really influence how much air you want to put into the milk and a good rule of thumb the the more fat the more air, the less fat; the less air, and I think that's always like some people are like, ah, oh, I hate steaming non-fat milk or I hate steaming almond milk. Um, or it's like I can never get it good. But I think keeping that in mind, like again, more fat, more air; less fat, less air, will help you achieve a very similar, if not the same, milk texture that you can with whole milk.
0: Is there a like I I usually get like almond milk, um, in my coffee. Is there a alternative milk that you you find works best uh, for this process or that steams better or are they all just kind of a pain
1: yeah so i again i feel like it's like if you're a skilled barista you could be given any milk and you can steam it well <laughs> so uh, at lofty we actually make our own almond milk in-house and i, I take a lot of pride in saying that because it's like a really good almond milk <laughs> it's very simple in its ingredients where that it's literally just almonds water I think we we do put a little bit of um, coconut sugar in there to sweeten it up but overall very simple compared to some of those box brands where you got a lot of like oils and whatnot to kind of keep that texture but I actually approach steaming our almond milk at lofty the same way I steam our whole milk like I don't try to think too much about it and Because we put so much almond in it, it's like got actually a very similar quality to whole milk and is very easy to steam. Also very easy to pour. It it pours really nicely. But I do find, even for the box stuff, that almond milk, for the most part, I find steams the best. Oat milk, which I know is very popular, I do not particularly love steaming. I find you do have to aerate it a little bit less or you get that kind of like puffy foam. And then also coconut milk can be a pain in the ass to steam. Uh, <laughs> coconut milk, I want to say, I think it has something to do with like the fat quality because it's like so much, it's so rich in fats that getting that stable foam is really challenging. And then, you know what? I, I, you don't see as much anymore as you did like 10 years ago, but soy milk, I feel like used to be a really big thing and soy milk actually steams pretty good. <laughs> But you don't really. I feel like you don't really see soy milk anymore.
0: Wonder why that is. Okay, so we've gone through we're steaming milk and the beginning part of like creating foam uh, by through aeration. And what am I learning next on my on day two of my barista training? Because I assume by day three I'll be making perfect latte art.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, I think that's my big thing is that I tell baristas they want to be pouring latte art right away and. And most of them can, but really focusing on getting that good texture, because if you don't have that really good, consistent texture, it's going to be very challenging to pour latte art. Getting that good texture, uh, what we'll do next is kind of talk about some practice techniques to pouring latte art, because a lot of times what it is, is just timing and the angle in which you're pouring. And so I actually have a lot of my baristas practice with water in just the sense of like having a steady stream of milk versus like kind of like having it kind of janky or a lot of times what I see is baristas pouring too slowly and what ends up happening there is like that milk starts to separate from the foam and then by the time you're done, it's just plopping on top. So really practicing kind of pouring with confidence (laughs) Um, where you're pouring, uh, you know when to raise your pitcher or bring your pitcher closer to the cup But to quickly walk you through how you might pour a heart. um, (laughs) So what you'll want to do is initially you want to pour a little bit higher than like, you don't want to pour with the pitcher right against the cup. Because what you want is the milk to sink below the crema of the espresso. So that you have that nice kind of like brown coffee colored canvas to pour your latte around. So starting by pouring a little bit higher so that milk sinks below. Um, You'll sometimes see some baristas, they'll like kind of move the pitcher around as they're filling the cup. And I do that to kind of help even out the color uh, across, um, again, across your milk and coffee canvas so that it's when you pour the latte art, you have a really nice contrast of milk to coffee. And when when you're ready to pour your latte art, I think it's great to get you're going to bring that pitcher closer to the rim of the cup. And I start to do that around maybe two thirds, maybe even a little le- uh, more than two thirds full of the cup, where you're going to start to now bring that pitcher closer to the cup. And in the positioning that you want to pour, I always start like similar to your your steam wand angle is maybe you're going to be in the center, but just slightly above where you want the latte art to land. So if you want it in the center of the cup, Start just above the center so you have room to push your design in whichever direction you'd like it to go. So for a heart, you're going to go starting just above the center of the cup, and maybe you'll give your pitcher a slight wiggle to get those little ripples in the heart, and then right before you finish filling the cup up, what you'll want to do is just pull your pitcher slightly up and then pull it through that maybe roundish design to get that nice clean cut that makes that heart shape. And that's a big one I always like to stress with newer baristas is really remembering to bring that pitcher up and through, because if you're staying really close to your pitcher and then you just are really close to the cup and just pull through, you kind of get this elongated lob. When you're first pouring, you have that milk sink below the crema in the same um, lane of thought pulling that pitcher up so that as you cut through that milk is sinking below your design and below the the surface of the the coffee drink and gets that really clean crisp line so it's nice and symmetrical and well shaped.
0: You know this is a really challenging thing to describe on like a on an audio podcast. So I will I link agree. everyone to some videos of this <laughs> happening to and I I appreciate you took on the challenge. I I think something we talked about in some other shows that applies here too. The last show we talked about, you know, how we taste and all the different senses involved, and steaming milk kind of involves that too because as you're talking, I'm thinking about how we're talking about temperature, so holding this pitcher, you're going to start feeling the temperature rising. I've heard this term before, so I'm not just a genius in thinking of this, but like the sound of the milk being steamed, kind of the idea, uh, the the sound of ripping paper is the way I was kind of told about it. So when you're aerating the milk to create the foam, there's a certain sound that it's making. And so you're taking that in as well, kind of that sound and the feeling. And even if you have a thermometer, you're going to feel your mug steaming up in temperature and potentially going from cold to very hot really fast, which may not be, you know, you you start to learn that with practice, I guess, and all those different things. And I don't, you you might know better than me, but if there's, if you can smell like kind of the sweetness of the milk as those fats are being separated or not, I've done a little bit of steaming and I one time made a round blob in the middle of a cup trying to make latte art. And then I thought, you know what, maybe I'd be better talking about coffee than making it. But I'm wondering if there are any other senses you think about or... I think instinctively, uh sound and temperature would be the two that I kind of jump out that jump out at me.
1: Yeah, you're touching on a really great point because actually even like in the flow of service, if I'm training someone new, sometimes you can hear from across the room like, uh oh, that milk's not being aerated enough or uh they're aerating it way too much. Um and you can hear that. <laughs> uh and I think that yeah, again, this is an, definitely an interesting topic to discuss versus actually like showing. But I hope, I hope some of what I'm saying makes sense. There's a lot, as you mentioned, and just with tasting to kind of consider both even also like looking at your milk and seeing as you add air to it, how much in volume it is increasing and being able to see that and know, okay, this is a latte. It's just going to have a thin layer of foam. So I don't want to over aerate it or knowing that it's a cappuccino and knowing, okay, I'm going to consciously allow a little bit more air into this. So I get a little bit of a denser foam, really using all your senses in that. But I realize we've we've talked about a lot of different things. And if I'm going to just summarize a few quick tips so that if all this goes out over people's heads, there's something people can take away. I think talking about the temperature, making sure if you have the ability, I actually one time worked at a cafe where we had a freezer right below our espresso machine, and we kept our pitchers in there to keep them as cold as possible. Because as I had mentioned, with those milk fats starting to dissolve dissolve at around like 80 to 100 degrees, you want your milk to be as cold as possible to give you the most amount of time to get that right texture in the beginning. Where it's like, if you use room temperature milk, it's going to get hot so quickly that you're not going to be able to properly aerate it. So first tip, Keep your milk cold. If I personally loved that. That's what I would do. Keep my pitcher nice and cold. I would say, yeah, measuring out your milk for the right beverage that you're making. And then really paying attention to all the little things that you had said, like the sound, how it visually looks and practicing that. I think also this is maybe a cop out for, for this Coffee Smarter expert, <laughs> but Honestly, like Instagram and YouTube videos. Like, I felt when I, if I was like going to a latte at throwdown or I like knew I was gonna have like a shift on bar, like I would watch, like, before doing it, just watch some videos because you kind of see people's body length, like their body positioning. You see how quickly they're pouring their milk. And at least for me, I'm like quite a bit, I'm a very visual learner. So, seeing that made it easier to replicate in service or in a competition or something. So kind of like recognizing that, oh, they're not just pouring beautiful latte art, but how are they holding their cup? What angle is their arm at? How close or far away are they from their cup? All those little things can really play into how well you can pour your latte art.
0: I'm smiling because I'm one, because you have this cat that's running across your computer and that's <laughs> yeah. just fantastically quaint. <laughs> And truly emblematic of the times that we live in that we do these uh, podcasts <laughs> over a video chat. But also I'm I'm having like these kind of like flashbacks to Little League where I had a coach, okay, keep your elbow at this angle, you know, if you're swinging a bat or how to like get down to, to pick up a ground ball or, or something. And it's kind of the same concept with whatever it is that you're doing, but th- in this particular case, steaming milk, like there are techniques that work better than others and uh, one thing we didn't talk about during this episode, I don't know if this is a sense so much as a state of being, but dimensionality when you're talking about where you're holding the pitcher in relation to your drink as you're pouring your your milk into it to create that art and raising that pitcher up or down and kind of being aware of where you are in this process seems to be really important. And I've been told more than once by my wife that I have to remember I'm three-dimensional. I I truly think that maybe I think more in two dimensions because like I can draw things that I can see. That third dimension in, in reality is is where I sometimes forget that my arm is this big or moves this fast or does this thing, which is why I was never great at latte art. <laughs> but being aware of that and knowing that, kind of joked about making perfect latte art on day three, and I'm sure that there are some people that can do that naturally, but realistically. It's not just about making one cup of great latte art. I think the hope is to be consistent. And over time, that's back with anything we've talked about in the show for 80 episodes or so is practice. And it'll get better and better and better. And to the point where you don't think about it. And I think, yeah. I don't know if that's the goal for everyone, but I think for some people listening, it might be.
1: Yeah. And I think that you really, you're, that's speaking some truth there. Because that's ultimately what I tell the braces who are like, shoot my day two it's not perfect it's like if you at least have the good texture because when you're making especially in a cafe setting if you're making beverages of course the expectation is to have latte but if the texture is off then the whole beverage is off so get the texture right and practice 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 and be intentional with it too where like if your goal is to really be great at latte like think about all these things we're talking about of your dimensionality and like your body positioning and like what it is you're doing that's um creating success in that and you know i, I can only speak to my own experience but i would i practice a lot cuz i was like i'm going to be good at this i swear <laughs> and uh <laughs> i yeah every single drink was like that opportunity to be a little bit better than your last pour um, or be more precise or get that perfect surface tension where the drink looks like it's about to spill over, but it's doesn't. And so it's, it's just a fun love craft that you can definitely go down the rabbit hole.
0: I was just going to say that I say this with great respect and appreciation, but you're a nerd. Uh, you're a coffee nerd. Me? <laughs> and I having talked to you enough now, even though most of it's been virtually, I can imagine you like making a latte art or making a cappuccino with art on it and being like, you know, if I were like one degree different and the way I held my arm and just like going through that process in your head. So even if you're not showing it to the world, you know that you're going to do it a little bit differently next time. I can, uh, I can envision it. And I love that.
1: Uh, well, honestly, I think that's honestly the best compliment I've ever heard. I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to be a nerd in my craft uh it's it's great
0: (laughs) well and i thank you for for sharing all of that uh nerddom with us and the listeners of the show and um uh, we don't have another uh chat scheduled for a little bit but i'm sure you'll be back sometime soon and we'll dig into something new
1: thank you again for having me this was so fun i'm happy to nerd out with you and to be a part (laughs) of all these other nerdy people's lives (laughs) coffee's great (laughs)
0: To recap from today, don't get ahead of yourself. Milk and the ability to manipulate it during the steaming process is the first step in creating an excellent coffee drink. Latte art comes later. Some key takeaways from today are that the angle and depth of the steam wand are key factors in properly steaming milk, and that by adding heat and air to that milk, you're able to change the temperature and texture as you break down the fats and proteins to create a classic coffee drink. The milk-slash-latte-art connection is kind of like the wax-on-wax-off theory in the Karate Kid movies. You need to learn a foundational step in order to make the big fancy splash at the competition. Siri is actually the co-host, co-leader of the San Diego Coffee Network, which puts on events like Latte Art Showdowns. Imagine a bunch of coffee professionals, all in the same room, making their very best artwork in an effort to declare a champion. The correlation to the Karate Kid is only getting stronger. I'll link to some examples of milk steaming and latte art, and more details on the San Diego Coffee Network on roastwestcoast.com, which is also where you can subscribe to the newsletter that goes along with this podcast. And if you have Coffee Smarter questions, you can send them to us on Instagram at roastwestcoast. You might remember that we had an in-person Roast West Coast appearance at industry sponsor Zumbar Coffee and Tea in Cardiff, California, last week. Thanks to everyone who stopped by to say hello and lift a mug of coffee with me. I met a bunch of cool people, but I spent the most time with Gene and Matthew, who are an uncle and nephew who were stopping in for a coffee after a surf and before breakfast.
2: You know, like we surfed and then we had breakfast and then we got a cup of coffee. I mean, this whole experience is what makes, you know. Like right now, we're, we're drinking coffee. This yes. coffee tastes so much better than if I was sitting here yeah. by myself yeah. with the same cup. And I was just, you know, it just isn't the same. My first experience when I was uh, when I was a kid is like when my mom. I mean, this was back in South Korea when my mom would make instant coffee with um, with like what, you know those carnation um, creamers and whatever those things are uh, condensed milk. You would add those like sweet condensed milk in there. Yep. Man, that was like the taste. and she'd give me a little sip, right? And I'm like, wow. That's, like, so tasty. Yeah, grandma. And I was like, that was the tastiest experience. I remember thinking coffee's really good. Yeah. And that was just instant coffee. Yeah.
0: You know, but... I thought it was pretty cool to see these two interact, and how Matthew can trace his coffee journey back to his uncle Gene, who in his mind can trace his back to his mom in South Korea. Then, just as I was thinking about packing up for the morning, I met Kate and Luciano, who were pretty enthusiastic to talk about their coffee journey. This you is what we talk talked
2: about, about. coffee? Why not? Okay.
0: Yeah, have a seat. What are your names? I'm Kate.
2: And I'm Luciana.
0: Nice to meet you, I'm nice Ryan. So
2: nice to meet you, Ryan. Uh,
0: thanks for taking a minute. What yeah. brought you to Zoom Bar today?
2: Well, we live in the neighborhood and I feel like it's the best coffee shop here. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's why. I'm... That's a pretty
0: good reason. Yeah. How long have you been drinking coffee? Oh
2: man, no, it's like, yeah. over yeah. 10 years, yeah. yeah.
0: Do you have a memory of like coffee, of like why you thought, oh yeah, I wanna keep doing this?
2: I have a memory of why I first had my first cup of coffee, but it wasn't why I continued to drink coffee, but I was visiting my cousin in DC, I was in high school, and he was going to college there, and I was visiting him and I was freezing. And I just was like, I need something that I can drink all day and, like, keep in my hand. And I just had this feeling of being, like, adults drink coffee, and that's, like, what I should do. It <laughs> before I knew you could have, like, tea and chives and whatever. Um, and I got coffee, and I was like, this is disgusting. Um, but I just kept <laughs> drinking it, and then I think I just ended up loving it.
0: <laughs> what made you go back to it the second time if yeah, you didn't like it?
2: I think I just had that, like, societal, you know, conception. Adults, that...
0: adults drink coffee.
2: Yeah, and then it was like that's the only drink you can drink when you're cold. I don't know. Then I went to university in Boston, and then I needed it for studying and things like that. But yeah, now I don't drink it for those reasons. How about you? For me, it was more like university, spending a lot of hours like studying, working projects, and I was like need some extra energy. And at the <laughs> beginning it was like, I started drinking yeah. that and it was like, wow, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and it, was, it wasn't a like good coffee. It was like cheap, not, not good quality coffee. And yeah, then with time I started to, I, 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 I even I, for, for some time it was only that. And then with time I started to drink good coffee, started to like, like it. Um uh, here I am. Being every day.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once you start, you can't stop. It's like the Pringles of drinks. Exactly. <laughs> Kate, if you're listening, I hope you find that perfect coffee to steamed milk ratio in all of your future coffee drinks. It was great to meet you all and get a chance to hang out over a cup of coffee. And a big thanks to the Zoom Bar Coffee staff. I had a great single-origin Guatemala French press that I was still thinking about on my drive home. Follow this show for updates on appearances at other coffee industry partners, including Ignite Coffee Roasters, Café La Terre, Moster Coffee Company, Coffee Cycle Roasting, Leap Coffee, Marea Coffee, Steady State Coffee Roasting, Camp Coffee Company, First Light Whiskey, and Cape Horn Coffee Importers. If you want to find the links to those top-notch companies, they are on the front page of roastwestcoast.com. Thank you for listening, everyone. This episode of the Roast West Coast Coffee Podcast is, was, has been written, produced, and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. I hope this show has found you happy, healthy, and with at least enough sanity to make it through the day. And please, always tip your baristas, now more than ever, and be sure to drink good coffee. Hey there, if you liked this Coffee Smarter episode and you want more and more coffee content, please consider buying us a cup of coffee or signing up for a paid subscription to the Roast West Coast Coffee newsletter. That would be amazing. And with enough subscribers like you, we'd be able to focus on creating coffee content for you all day every day. Subscriptions are a great way to show appreciation for this show. Just head to roastwestcoast.com to subscribe or leave a tip. Thanks for listening.